What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to Booth Review. As always, I am your host, Devin Primrose, and this week's going to be a little bit different. Uh, I'm flying solo. Blake is out of town, having a nice, relaxing vacation with his wife. So, it's just going to be me. Hopefully that's okay for you. And if not, well, check back next week. We made it, guys. We're a quarter of the way through the season. Four weeks in. I know it's 17 games this this year, but four, that's a quarter. Close enough. Been kind of a weird, weird week. Uh, Urban Meyer's on the verge of losing his job with the Jaguars. That's interesting. Maybe if he, uh, you know, could stop grinding with women at a bar... He could focus on winning and maybe grind out a win on the gridiron. But we'll see what happens there. Let's jump into my best of the booth. My best of the booth this week is going to probably the best quarterback wide receiver pair in the NFL. Patrick Mahomes and Tyreek Hill. This is what we've grown accustomed to seeing from this all-time great duo. Mahomes went 24 of 30 for 278 yards, five touchdowns, didn't have the one pick, but three of those TDs went to Hill along with 186 yards on 11 receptions. It's crazy that what we could call a career game for most players is just a vintage, normal game from these guys. That's how dominant this offense has been over the last three years, and on Sunday, they were in prime form against Philly. Moving on to my under-review for this week. It's got to go to Sean Payton, the head coach of the New Orleans Saints. You got the ball back in a tie game with 31 seconds left and were content running out the clock for overtime. You have a quarterback that has thrown for over 4,000 yards every year he started the entire season. When he started all 16 games, he's thrown for over 4,000 yards. He has an electric arm, and instead of taking some shots to get into field goal range, which was a mere 40 yards away, with 31 seconds left on the clock, you play conservative. It ultimately cost him the game against New York after New York drove down the field and scored a touchdown in overtime. You had a chance to win the game, and you decided not to go for it. Is this the same guy that decided to onside kick in the second half kickoff in the Super Bowl? That's what helped the Saints beat the Colts back in 2009, playing aggressive. And Sean Payton decided to play conservative. So for that, this week, you're under review. Yeah, so let's jump into our review. Thursday night we had the Jaguars going into Cincinnati to face the Bengals. And the Bengals squeaked one out. The Jaguars were on the verge of getting their first win of the season. And since he said, nay, nay, Joe Burrow, 25-32, 348 yards, two touchdowns, really solid game. Uh, the Bengals, 3-1, and one, surprising some people. The Jaguars are a mess right now. Like I said, Urban Meyer on the verge of losing his job. It's a really weird, interesting situation down there. For the most part, this is a good game, though. Like Jags, The Jags look like they were figuring some things out. We'll see what happens with Urban, but, I mean, the the team looks solid. They don't look they don't look that bad, uh, at least not against Cincy. They have looked bad the other three weeks. But we'll see what happens. I mean, 
it's gonna be it's gonna be a, a tough tough road this season if you're a Jacksonville fan. But really, not too much to say about this game. The Bengals they look solid. They're in a tough division though with Cleveland and Pittsburgh and and Baltimore. But we'll see if uh, Burrow can keep playing well. They got the Packers this weekend, so it's gonna be tough. All in all, pretty solid Thursday night football game. All the primetime games this year have been pretty solid. We got another one on Thursday, another good one on Thursday night. So moving into the Sunday games, we had Washington traveling down to Atlanta, and Atlanta let one get away. They had the dub in their hands, but gave Taylor Heineke too many too many ticks left on the clock. I wish Blake was here to talk about this game because I'm sure he has a lot to say, being the uh, Falcons fan around here. But we'll have to wait another week to get his opinion. I still think Heineke looks solid. He's leading that offense well. 23 or 33, 290 yards, three touchdowns. They got the run game going a little bit with Gibson. It was all in all like a really solid effort. Terry McLaurin looked great. Six catches, 123 yards, two touchdowns. It helped out my fantasy team a lot. So thank you, Terry. I still think that he's probably going to win that job from Fitzpatrick. Uh, everything he's shown thus far gives me, you know, no doubt about that. And it's uh, it's going to be good for him. I think I mean, he he looks he looks solid. He looks like a starting NFL quarterback. I mean, you could consider him technically a a rookie as a starter, and he looks better than all the rookie quarterbacks that are starting. So good on you, Taylor Heineke. Good on you. Moving on to the Houston Texans traveling up to Buffalo to face the Bills and getting shut out. This uh, this Texans team is is a mess. Uh, they don't have a quarterback right now. I mean, Blake was talking last week, talking up Davis Mills all all week, and uh, he looked terrible. He looked terrible against Buffalo. Who's rolling? That defense looks back to its normal self. I mean, they're 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 rolling and. Kansas City is gonna run into a brick wall against Buffalo. That's that's gonna be an exciting Sunday night game. But the, the Texans, I mean, they've got so many problems to figure out. The defense looked solid the first couple of weeks, and they were, the offense was moving the ball with Terod Taylor. But with Davis Mills, it's just it's just garbage out there. I mean, they they can't do anything. the The Texans were overmatched in every area against Buffalo. Buffalo looks like one of the best teams in the league because they are one of the best teams in the league, and they're going to make a deep run in the playoffs just like all of us expected. At least that's the way they look right now. Moving over to the NFC, the Detroit Lions went up to Chicago to face the Bears. This is one that me and Blake both thought that the Lions were going to get their first win of the season, and Chicago stopped them. The Lions continue to be defeated, 0-4 on the season now. Just when that Lions team starts looking like they're going to get things figured out, they're going to start turning things around, they make you quit believing in them. I think a lot of it has to do with Jared Goff. I watched the end of this game, or close to the end of the game, where the Lions were in a position to score. I think they were on like on, on Chicago's 20-yard line came down to a fourth down and Jared Goff just completely overthrew his receiver completely overthrew him so Goff single-handedly gave that game away Goff looks really good at times this year and really inept at other times just kind of been the story of his career I mean that's the way it was out in LA for him that's why 
the Rams ended up trading him for Stafford, who is a much better quarterback. And you know what? I can say as much as I want about Stafford this week and not have to worry about someone shutting me down because Blake ain't here. Stafford's going to win MVP. Confirmed. Moving on to one of the better games of the weekend. The Carolina Panthers going out to Big D to face the Dallas Cowboys. And the Panthers Panthers looked good for three quarters. They were in this game up into the third quarter until Darnold started making some mistakes because he was having to force throws because he doesn't have a run game. I mentioned this last week. I thought that the loss of Christian McCaffrey was going to be huge for them. Knowing Sam Darnold's history, I thought that if he got into a point to where he was having to throw the ball a lot, he's going to start forcing throws, which will inevitably lead to turnovers. That's the kind of quarterback that Sam Darnold is. But to Carolina's credit, they were in this for, like I said, three quarters. And even made a little bit of a late late push out of comeback. Final score is 36-28. I mean, the Carolina has a good team. This is a team that's going to make some noise this year. They're going to probably make a run, at least at the playoffs, if not deep into the playoffs. But Dallas, Dallas is looking like a top three team in the league. They've got the offense clicking between Dak and Zeke and that wide receiver core, which is crazy good. And the defense is is looking like a top-tier defense. Between Trey Diggs, Leighton Vander Esch, Micah Parsons, like these are guys all are making plays all over the field. So watch out for Dallas. Really, really good-looking team. Next up, we got the Colts going down to Miami to face the Dolphins, trying to get a first win, and they did it. Carson Wentz pulled it out somehow. I don't know how he's still standing upright at this point. The guy is made of glass. But they pull out the win, got it done 27-17, got the first over the season. Maybe they can build some momentum, uh, make some noise in that division. That division is weak this year. I think the Colts, if they can if they can get some things together, get that team rolling, they, they can make a run of the division. The Dolphins are just in, in disarray. They, they need a quarterback. Jacoby Brissett's not it. Tua needs to get healthy. I think he'll be a really welcome addition whenever he can figure out his ribs. Whatever's going on there. Colts run game finally started looking good. Hines and Taylor both started stepping up, which is something that's that's been missing through three games. So that's that's a good sign if you're an Indy fan. Moving over, we got Cleveland going into Minnesota. Squeaking out a win against the Vikings. They, they definitely, Cleveland did everything they they could to try and give this game to Minnesota. Minnesota had all kinds of opportunities at the end of that game because of self-inflicted penalties by Cleveland, and, and the Vikings offense couldn't get it done. Which is really weird to think because the Vikings, they have a solid offense. Kirk Cousins is a good enough quarterback to be able to make some plays Cleveland secondary was just going bananas, though, there at the end between Greedy Williams and Grant Delpit, Denzel Ward, all those guys. And Kirk Cousins was was under duress all game because of Miles Garrett, Jadavian Clowney, and that front four of the Cleveland defense getting back there again, making noise. Second game in a row for them. This team, even when the offense looks subpar. Baker Mayfield did not have a good game. 
maybe one of his worst games, but it didn't matter. Cleveland's defense came to play, they showed up, and they showed out. Moving on to the New York Giants going down to New Orleans. The Giants get their first win of the season. I talked a bunch of crap last week about Joe Judge and how Joe Judge needs to be on his way out of town. But you know what? Congrats, man. You got the first win of the season. Danny Dimes looked phenomenal in this game. 28 of 40, 402 yards, two touchdowns. Picked up another 27 yards on the ground with his feet. Just Solid, solid game by Danny Dimes. Maybe one of the better ones of his career. And if he can keep playing like this, this team should be good. Saquon looked like he was back. Definitely making some plays. I think he's the one that got the winning touchdown in overtime. But if this offense can keep playing like this and they can get on a little bit of roll, they they can make some make some noise for sure. The Saints continue to confuse everybody. Uh, especially me. I picked them to win this week because it's the Giants, and the Giants have been terrible. And like I said last week, if when I picked the New Orleans Saints, they get beat. So I knew going into this, the Giants were going to win because of science. Just analyzing data and analyzing what happens when I pick the Saints and they go out and they let me down. But good on you, New York. You got your first win. You looked good in your first win. Down 17 going into the fourth, and you, and you pulled it out. Just solid work. I I just I don't understand what Sean Payton is doing with Jameis Winston. You have a guy that has thrown for over 4,000 yards multiple times in his career, has an electric arm, had a had a cannon of an arm coming out of college. Everybody knew that. That's why he went first overall. And you're treating him like you have a career backup quarterback back there. You're not letting him, him turn it loose. I know your receiving core is depleted, but you're not you're not letting him throw like we're accustomed to see Jameis Winston throw. I know you're trying to be conservative with him because of his history with turnovers, but this is a guy that, that you can trust to make some plays with his arm, and and he's just not being allowed to. So the Saints, something wonky is going on down there, and I think they're going to continue to be an up-and-down team until Sean Payton figures some stuff out as the head coach. Moving over to the other New York team, getting their first win. Tennessee goes into New Jersey to face the New York Jets. And I think most people expected the Titans to put up a little bit of a show to see Derrick Henry ball out, which he did. 33 carries, 157 yards, and a touchdown. But Tennessee just couldn't get anything sustainable going. They uh, they didn't look like the Titans that we're accustomed to seeing. And New York just New York just got everything going their way. Zach Wilson looked solid 21 of 34 for 297 yards two touchdowns did throw the one pick but that didn't matter didn't matter he still went out and got the dub uh only took one sack versus the other side of the field Ryan Tannehill couldn't get anything going because he was under pressure constantly seven sacks just a rough game 
rough game for uh, Tennessee. I don't know what's going on with the Titans. They haven't looked like the Titans that we all expected them to be going into this season. You point to this game and point to uh, week one against the Cardinals where they looked terrible. And it just, it, it, it's been a weird, rough season for them. The Titans did make some noise in the fourth quarter to get back into the game after being pretty much dominated most of that game by, by New York. Force overtime, but they couldn't they couldn't get down and, and kick a field goal to to get the tie. The kicker goes out and misses it. It goes wide left. The good news is for them, they're in a very weak division with Indianapolis, uh, Jacksonville, and Houston. So, you know, it's not... It's not quite time for uh, for some panic, but there's definitely some concern there. Next up, we've got the Kansas City Chiefs going into Philly and putting on a show. This is the Kansas City offense that we've seen for the last three years. This is that dominant, ball-out offense that Mahomes and company runs. Mahomes looked like vintage Mahomes tossing five touchdowns. Tyreek Hill looked unstoppable. 186 yards, 11 receptions, three touchdowns. He can't stop the Cheetah. Nobody can stop this Kansas City offense when they're playing this way. However, they were playing the Philly defense. So maybe we should slow down a little bit, not overpraise Kansas City. But Kansas City did what they're supposed to do. When you play bad teams, you're supposed to play great. And that's what Kansas City did. Philly, to their credit, tried. Honestly, Jalen Hurts, not terrible. He tried to go pound for pound with arguably the best quarterback to ever play the game. 32 of 48, 387 yards, two touchdowns. Picked him another 47 yards on the ground. He He looked good, but... That Kansas City offense is a different beast. When it's clicking, it's 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 tough to slow down. Even old Clyde Edwards-Alaire got into the action. 14 carries, 102 yards. Just a solid, all-around offensive output by Kansas City. And hopefully, they can keep that, keep that rolling. Because they're going from facing one of the worst defenses in the league, in the Eagles, to facing arguably the best in Buffalo. They're just gonna make for a really good game. They could, uh, they could run into a wall. Let's go out to LA, where Arizona took on the Rams and looked dominant. I think we all expected this to be a very close game, a back and forth game, and the Cardinals just took the lead from the start. I mean, they were up thirty-four to thirteen at one point in time. It was very much the Cardinals show throughout the entire game. This was a battle of two MVP front runners between Kyler Murray and Matt Stafford. And Kyler Murray looked like the better of the two. He didn't look overly flashy, but 24 of 32, 268 yards, two touchdowns, solid game. Picked up another 39 yards with his with his feet. I just think Kyler Murray Kyler Murray is looking like an MVP to me. When you watch him play, you can sit there and say that kid's going to be an MVP. I think the Rams came in a little too overconfident 
too much belief in themselves and caught a tough division opponent. This is going to be a very fun division to watch between Arizona, L.A., Seattle, and San Francisco. And right now, Arizona's sitting on top, 4-0. They're the only undefeated team left. We went into the week with five undefeated teams, and Arizona is the only one still standing the perfect record. Sitting on top of that division, 4-0. San Francisco and Seattle both already two games back. It's it's going to be a tough Fun division, easily the best division in football. All four of these teams are great. And Arizona's looking like looking like the cream of the crop. And staying in that division, let's go out to San Francisco, where Seattle took on the 49ers and got the dub. Just a really weird game. Seattle was in the lead for most, if not all, of this game. But I think what it came down to was winning the turnover battle. Russell Wilson, 16-23, 149 yards, two touchdowns. Like, that's not an average Russ game. Only 105 yards rushing total for the team. It's not quite the game that we're expected to see from the Seattle offense, but it doesn't matter because they scored 28 points. I think the big the big news to come out of this is Garoppolo getting injured. It looks like it might finally be Trey Lance time out in uh, San Francisco. And Trey Lance didn't look terrible. Came in the game, 9 of 18 not not great, 50%, but 157 yards, two touchdowns, picked up another 41 yards on the ground. Um, I think that Trey Lance has more talent than Garoppolo. It's going to be the game plan from Kyle Shanahan that is going to let those talents shine. To me, going into this season, of all the rookie quarterbacks, Trey Lance was kind of the wild card. Um, playing at North Dakota State, you don't get a lot of coverage on on national TV, so it's hard to really, as an average fan, see what he's capable of doing. But the talent level's there. He's got a solid arm. He's got some good legs. And I think that Shanahan has built an offensive game plan around Garoppolo being the starter, who is very much a pocket passer. And now you have a mobile quarterback like Trey Lance, and Shanahan loves to have a running offense. And I think that you're going to start seeing some more things like what they do in Baltimore with Lamar, what, they, what they're doing in Philly with Jalen Hurts, places where you have a mobile quarterback. I think it's going to be a lot of fun to watch. I think the offense can thrive with him. They have a lot of good playmakers. Debo Samuel is number one on that list who had a game, eight receptions, 156 yards, two touchdowns. Um, George Kittle is another big name on that. I mean, he's he's easily tied for number one in the league at tight end with with Travis Kelsey so that offense is going to look drastically different with Lance as their as their quarterback but I think it's going to be a better and more efficient offense and one that Shanahan is going to want to have instead of the game plan he's had to have with Garoppolo so even though they lost I think this is going to be a good moment for them because it's forcing them to use Trey Lance. Next up, we got Baltimore going into Denver, giving the Broncos their first L, just like I tried to tell Blake last week. I wish he was here to defend his love of the Broncos. You know, we could have a nice debate on how I was right, and he was wrong, and that's okay. I think that he will try and say that 
that, that Teddy B, you know, ended up getting hurt. But Bridgewater played most of that entire first half, and the Ravens were up 17-7 at the half. So even with a healthy Teddy B, I don't think it matters. Drew Locke came in and had a pretty identical stat line to Teddy Bridgewater. Not only that, Blake's biggest argument was that the Broncos had one of the best, if not the best, defense in the league. And while that might have been true through the first three games where they faced terrible opponents, it was not true against Baltimore, who looked solid. Lamar Jackson, 22-37, 316 yards. 316 passing yards from Lamar Jackson. Just a really, a really solid game from Baltimore. And a really not great game from Denver. This team is 3-1, and one, but to me, I still don't believe that they look like a 3-1 and one team. I think there's talent there. I think there's pieces, especially on that defense. But they've got, they've got some proven to me to do. I do think the Bridgewater injury is going to be big for them. I don't know how long he's going to be out. But if he misses any kind of significant amount of time, it's not going to be great for that team. All right, let's take a trip up to Lambeau Field where the Steelers took on the Packers and did not look great. The Steelers are at the point in the season where they're going downhill quick. Big Ben, 26 of 40, 232 yards, one touchdown, one pick. Not great. Rodgers on the other side of the field. Looking like he's back to his normal self. The big takeaway for the Packers is their run game. A.J. Dillon looked like a monster. 15 carries, 81 yards. I said it after last season that I think we're in good hands with A.J. Dillon as a backup for Aaron Jones. And so far, he looks that way. Aaron Jones, not a great game for him. Got some carries, got mixed into the the receiving game like like usual. Had a fumble, but A.J. Dillon looks like a monster. He looks Derrick Henry-esque out there. Uh, I'm not going to quite call him that yet, but he looks looks really good. And yeah, old Cobby, he's back. Randall Cobb, five receptions, 69 yards, two touchdowns. Looked great. That chemistry with Rodgers, it's clicking again. They're getting it going. The offense looks solid. The defense is losing guys, though. Zadarius Smith's already on already on IR. They don't know how long he's going to be out. And Jair Alexander might be hitting IR, too, which that would be a huge loss for them. Uh, in place of Kevin King over the last couple weeks, they've been using Eric Stokes, who looks really solid as a rookie coming out of Georgia. He had a pick this game. And he he looked he looked good. If they can have Jair miss as little time as possible, and have a, a cornerback duo of Jair and Stokes, I think that defense is going to be solid. But we got to stop losing guys on the defensive side of the ball. We got to get guys healthy. We need to get uh, Bakhtiari back too. Our Pro Bowl left tackle. The injuries just just keep piling up. We got to get guys healthy. Got to get things going. But Sitting at 3-1, and one, things are clicking, looking good. All right, moving on to Sunday Night Football. Tom Brady made his much-anticipated return to Foxborough, leading the Tampa Bay Buccaneers up against the New England Patriots. The Patriots, I think, surprised some people. 
they held their own against the Bucks. This was a 13 to 7. This was a 13 to 7 game going into the fourth quarter, but the Bucks in the end got the win, 19 to 17. Nick Folk missed a field goal for the Patriots, and it just it, it things didn't go their way. I don't think this is a game that the Bucks necessarily won, and I don't think the Patriots necessarily lost this game. I think things just bounced the right way for Brady, as they tend to do. Uh, Mac Jones looked solid uh, going up against Brady, pound for pound, staying with him. 31 of 40, 275 yards, two touchdowns, the one pick. Brady didn't look great himself. 22 of 43, 269 yards, no touchdowns. I don't think if this is the same Bucks team that won the Super Bowl. I think the Bucks are still going to be in it. I'm not counting them out. But I don't they're not they're not quite looking like that Bucks team of last year. And maybe that's wishful thinking on my part because I hate Brady and I'm not going to back down from that. I will continue to say that as long as he's playing. I don't like Tom Brady. I've never liked Tom Brady. I can respect him and respect his accomplishments, but I will actively root against him until he retires. All right, Monday night football time. Las Vegas Raiders going out to Los Angeles to face the Chargers. I just want to make it known that the Chargers have a indoor stadium that they spent like $5 billion on in Los Angeles. And for some reason, there was a lightning delay that caused this game to start like 40 minutes later than it was supposed to. How do you have a weather delay when you have an indoor stadium? I don't get it. I don't understand it. Weird and wild NFL season. But the Chargers get the win, 28-14. They dominated most of that game. They were up 21-0 at the half. Las Vegas didn't get things clicking. As much as I've loved watching uh, that story unfold for them this year, they looked bad. They looked bad Monday night. Derek Carr has thrown for 1,200 yards through three games. But on Monday night, 21-34, 196 yards, two touchdowns, the one pick. Just got outplayed. Outplayed by Justin Herbert, who looks great. Herbert is looking like the quarterback that we all expect him to be. The Chargers look like a team uh, that's going to make some noise in that division with the Chiefs. This is another one that's going to be a fun division to watch. Everybody in that division outside the Chiefs are 3-1. and one. The Chiefs are sitting at the bottom, surprisingly, um, but that'll change. The Chargers look solid. Chargers are going to be a good team. I I don't I don't really know what to take away on Vegas' side. I think they just showed up to the game late. They just they were down in a hole at halftime and couldn't get things going to climb themselves out. I think they'll be okay. I think they'll still make some noise. I'm not not counting out the Raiders yet. First loss of the season. And it was against a team with a ridiculously good defense. Alright, the time has come to look at week five. Week five in the NFL. Week five is going to be a good one. We got all day football on Sunday. Game starting at 9.30 in the morning over in London with the New York Jets and the Atlanta Falcons. But things get started Thursday night with another... Tasty 
NFC West matchup between the Los Angeles Rams going into Seattle to face the Seattle Seahawks. Currently, the Rams sit as two and a half point favorites. I think it's going to be a pretty close game. I think that's that's a fair uh, fair line. I think the Rams are going to come in off that loss to Arizona, wanting to show what they're made of. And I just I don't see I don't see Seattle putting up much of a fight with with their defense. Yeah, they got the win against San Francisco. San Francisco also lost their starting quarterback, switched to their backup rookie quarterback, who the offense isn't built for, and couldn't get anything going. But I think Seattle will put up a little bit of a fight. That offense, as Blake and I both have mentioned multiple times, can hang 30 points on anybody. However, both Blake and I chose the Rams this week. We both see LA getting it done, and Seattle taking another loss. Moving over to the Sunday action, starting at 9.30 a.m. Eastern Time, we got the London game between the New York Jets and the Atlanta Falcons. The Jets coming in hot after a nice big win, first win of the season, and the Falcons coming in off a devastating loss, a game that they should have won and gave away because of playing conservative. I think that this is a little bit of a tough game. I thought about picking the Jets in this one. I think the Jets have some talent. They they put on a little bit of a show Sunday, but I think ultimately the Falcons are the more talented team and should should win this game. I said it on Sunday. I was over here watching the game with Blake, and I said that it looks like the Falcons are starting to get, get things clicking. The offense is, has started to roll. The offense looked good for most of that game. The problem has been their defense. However, I think the Jets' offense is bad enough to where the Falcons' defensive woes won't hurt them. Blake, I think, agrees with me because we both chose the Falcons in this one. We're both going the Dirty Birds. And I hope for Blake's sake, the Falcons get a win. If you lose to the Jets, you might as well just pack it in. I mean, the season's over with at that point, right? Moving on to the 1 o'clock games. We got the Green Bay Packers heading into Cincy to face those fighting Bengals. The Bengals have looked good through four games. Joe Burrow has looked solid. Joe Mixon continues to be a dominant force at running back. Looking looking good. I don't know if this Packers defense can hold up against them. I contemplated going against my team and picking the Bengals in this game. Uh, both of these teams, 3-1 and one coming in here. Both off to really good start. I think that the injuries, especially on the defensive side, could hurt Green Bay. I think if we're if we're having to start Kevin King and Eric Stokes at cornerback, I think that Joe Burrow is going to have a lot of fun throwing to Jamar Chase and T. Higgins. I just don't know if that defense can hold up. Cincinnati's offense is much better than Pittsburgh's. However, ultimately, I couldn't pick against my team. I think that Green Bay's offense has got some things clicking. Cincinnati's defense is not not bad, but not good enough to slow down Aaron Rodgers, the reigning MVP, and and that 
in that offense. I think Devontae Adams is going to have himself a game. I think Aaron Jones is going to get back to looking like his normal self. If I was a fantasy owner of either one of those guys, I'd be starting them for sure this week. And I think that Green Bay gets it done. However, my partner, Blake, does not agree with me. He has picked Cincy in this game. I don't blame him. Like I said, I thought about it. Ultimately, I had to go had to go with my boys. Old Green Bay. Getting it done. That's going to be a fun one to watch, though. Rodgers Rogers versus Burrow should be really solid. Keeping things in the NFC North, we got the hapless Detroit Lions hobbling into Minnesota to face the Minnesota Vikings. I don't know really at this point what to make of either one of these teams. I said I said last week that the Lions are better than their 0-3 start. They're now 0-4, and I still continue to think that they're better than 0-4. Like, they have, outside of last week, they've been in every single game that they've played. Um, they've had opportunities to win every single game that they've played. But last week looked bad against Chicago. Chicago's offense is not one that either Blake nor I believe in, and that defense couldn't, couldn't do anything. I think Minnesota's offense is way better, and I think that the Vikings are going to come out and put on a show. The Vikings shouldn't be one in three; they should be they should be much better. But they've had they've had some struggles. They've had inconsistencies, and that's that's kind of been the story of their season is just inconsistent. But I think they do enough on Sunday to take care of the Lions, force the Lions to start their season zero and five. And I'll say it again, Lions fans, take some solace in the fact that you're not going to go 0-17. I'm going to keep saying that up until week 18, and hopefully you get a hopefully you get a win before then. But I think you're starting the season 0-5. Uh, I have the Vikings winning this game. Blake has the Vikings winning this game, so we're in agreement. So good luck in week 6, Detroit. Next up, we got the Denver Broncos heading out to Pittsburgh to face the Pittsburgh Steelers. The Steel City. The over-under in this game is currently set at 39.5, and and I think that's about accurate. I don't see either one of these offenses going bonkers ridiculous. It's putting up 28, 35, something like that. I think this is going to be like a 20-17 to game, if that. The Broncos, as I've said, don't look like a 3-1 team. And the Steelers look every bit like a 1-3 team. They're so far removed from that week one win over the Buffalo Bills, which is crazy to say that Pittsburgh is the team that beat them. Because they just look bad. They look bad in all areas. They can't get anything going on the offense. The defense hasn't looked spectacular at all like we expected them to. TJ Watt, Mika Fitzpatrick. I have... Zero faith in a Broncos offense, especially a Broncos offense without Teddy Bridgewater as their quarterback. But both Blake and I chose the Broncos to get the win. That's how little faith we have in the Steelers right now. The Steelers do not look good. And I'm sorry, Pittsburgh. You're starting your season 1-4. and four. And Denver somehow continues their great season. Next up, we got the Battle of Florida. 
the Dolphins heading up to Tampa Bay to face the reigning champs. Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I, there's nothing to talk about here. The Buccaneers are going to win handily. The Dolphins aren't going to put up any kind of fight. This is going to be a tough one to watch if you're a Miami fan. The the line currently says Tampa Bay is a 10-point favorite. I think that's being generous to Miami. I could see this being a 14-point game, 20-point game in Tampa Bay's favor. Yeah, the Bucks it's it's just going to be it's going to be a bloodbath. I feel sorry for the Dolphins. I feel sorry for whoever the Dolphins are starting at quarterback uh, and having to face that that fr- nasty front four of of Tampa. But this is an easy win for Brady and the Bucks. There's really nothing else to say there. Next up, we got the Narland Saints heading up to Washington, D.C. to go face the nameless football team. This one I have... I have a feeling could be a uh, a good game. The Saints have been up and down all year. Up, down, up, down, up. That's what would make sense here, right? They'd have an up game. Jameis would go out and, and have, a, have a solid showing. However, I think Taylor Heineke is going to keep his magic magic going. I think the offense is going to keep clicking. They... They had the ball rolling on Sunday against Atlanta. I don't think that the Saints defense is much better than the Falcons defense. I think the Saints defense is solid, but nothing special. Really, the question mark here is is Washington's defense. As I said last week, that Washington defense has looked bad. They just gave up 30 points to a, a Falcons defense or a Falcons offense that hasn't been great all season. So I I don't quite know what to expect here. I think it could be a very interesting game. But I'm going with the football team. I'll take the home team. Uh, currently, New Orleans are one and a half point favorites, so virtually non-existent, non-existent line. Yeah, I I like this football team from Washington. I'm still I'm still on the Heineke train. I like the kid, and Blake Blake chose Washington also. So both in agreement on this one also. Next up, we got Jalen Hurts and the Philadelphia Eagles coming down to Carolina to face the Big Cats, the Panthers. Let's see if uh, old Darnold can continue his his solid play. Uh, let's see if he can play some mistake-free football. Hopefully, Chuber Hubbard can help him out a little bit in the run game, especially against that weak Eagles defense. Any help that Darnold can get in the run game is going to be very much appreciated by him like I said he he plays best when he doesn't have to throw the ball a ton because when he gets into that to having to throw the ball they're playing from behind or they're in a shootout that's when he starts making mistakes when he's having to throw the ball he forces throws and it's it, it usually does not end up well for him that's something they did so well through the first three games up until the McCaffrey injury is that he was able to kind of play a little bit more conservative, not having to throw the ball as much, not having to force the throws, and played efficient football. So if Hubbard can help him out in the run game, I think he can get back to that efficient football that we saw from him early on in the season. And the Eagles defense shouldn't put up much of a fight. 
Uh, Blake and I both chose the Panthers. We both expect Carolina to keep winning. This Carolina team is good. They had a chance to beat to beat the Cowboys. They, they hung in there for three quarters. We both expect them to, to make a run this year. And we expect them to keep winning on Sunday. The Eagles are going to fall to 1-4. and four. They've got some things to figure out, mainly on the defensive side of the football. They're allowing way too many points. The offense has looked solid at times. Jalen Hurts has not been a bad quarterback. I didn't think I would say that this year. I didn't have much faith in Jalen Hurts, but he's he's looked solid. So that offense can hang with with most teams. It's the defense has got to step up and and stop teams, and so far they haven't. And I think that Carolina's Carolina's offense is just too good. Next up, we got the Titans going down to Jacksonville, facing the Jaguars. <sighs> this Jags team. This Jags team is, is in rough shape. I feel bad for Trevor Lawrence because this is a kid with a lot of talent that's basically going to have a wasted year. There's been a lot of rumors swirling about Jaguars execs not being happy with Urban Meyer, especially after the video that leaked of him grinding with a lady that was not his wife. I've seen rumors of them trying to evoke a morals clause in a in his contract to be able to fire him right now. I don't think that's the case necessarily. I do think that he is going to end up being a one-and-done head coach, though. Um, I think that his time in the NFL is not working. Maybe he just has a bad team, or maybe he's not built for the NFL, uh, the NFL grind. But I don't think he'll be there next year. So for Trevor Lawrence, this is, like I said, this is a wasted year. You're going to have to learn a new system next year and... As I said last week, that's the quickest way to ruin a kid's career in the NFL is to have him in that endless cycle of learning system after system after system, never having one stick that you can that you can feel like you, you actually know. It takes time. So, with all that being said, even as bad as Tennessee looked on Sunday against the Jets, the worst team in football... Uh, I still have Tennessee getting the win. Blake, however, took the Jacks. He has Jacksonville getting their first win of this season, moving to 1-4. and four. I don't think that will be the case. I have them moving to 0-5. I think their winless ways continue because they have a coach that doesn't care, or at least it seems like he doesn't care, and a coach that that team has no trust in. Uh, it's, it's just it's a mess down there. But... If you want to go witness the mess firsthand, tickets are as low as $23. So go spend yourself 23 bucks and watch Trevor Lawrence in his rookie season. And Derrick Henry tear up that defense. Keeping it in the AFC South, we have the New England Patriots traveling down to H-Town to take on the Texans. Yeehaw! I feel bad for the Texans also. They looked like they had a promising start to the season when Terod Taylor was out there playing quarterback for them, but Davis Mills ain't cutting it. There's not much to talk about here. The Texans are a bad team. The Texans are going to lose. Blake and I both chose the Patriots. Vegas has the line at New England as nine-point favorites. I think that's spot on. 
I think New England's going to win by by at least 10. I just don't see Houston's defense putting up much of a fight. And I don't even necessarily think the Patriots have a great team. I think they have a good team and a, a, a much better team than, than the Texans. Better coach, better quarterback, better everything. Moving on to the 4 o'clock slate of games, we got the Chicago Bears going out to Las Vegas to face the Raiders. The Raiders off to a good start this season, 3-1. and one. Derek Carr almost 1,400 yards, 8 TDs already. And I think the Raiders get back to their winning ways. They had a tough loss to the Chargers, the divisional loss to the Chargers on, on Monday night, Monday Night Football. It's a game that they, they just got into too late, but they're going back home, playing in Vegas, facing a Chicago team that offensively still figuring things out. Fields didn't look terrible on Sunday. I'll give him credit. He didn't look bad. And and the Bears defense is it's a solid defense. But I think that Las Vegas gets back at it. Derek Carr gets back to his MVP type level. I think I think the Raiders come out and uh, put on a little bit of a show against the Bears. Blake and I both are in agreement on this. We both chose the Raiders. Keeping it in the AFC West, we got the Cleveland Browns going out to L.A. to face the Chargers. Hopefully there's no weather delays in this game. This is going to be a good one. These are two teams that should be playing January football. Uh, we both expect them to be playing January football. Both on a roll this year. Should be a close game. Vegas has the uh, the line as LA, one and a half point favorites. That's about right. That's about what I would expect it to be. This is a tough game for me to pick. I think ultimately I just felt like the Chargers looked better most recently uh i know that sounds like recency bias and maybe it is the chargers faced a good team on monday night football and pretty much dominated them uh they led that game the entire time came out hot that defense with joey bosa looked solid and cleveland looked kind of flat against minnesota baker mayfield couldn't get things going very average game from him. This offense has some has some struggles. I think that I think LA is going to come out and put on a little bit of a show. Um, they're looking good. I think they're feeling themselves. I think it's going to be very much in the Chargers' favor. Don't get me wrong. I like Cleveland. I think the talent is there for them to put up a fight, but I just don't think they're, they're going to. At least not much of one. This is a game that that could hurt them uh in in playoff seating when it comes when it comes time in January. This could be a, a game that we look back at and this is the reason why the Chargers or the Browns are the you know four seed or the five seed or something like that. So this this is this kind of an important game for both teams, which sounds weird to say in October, but it, it is for seeding down the line. But I think the Chargers are are gonna come away with the win. Blake does too. We're both in agreement. Should be a fun game to watch, though. All right, we got a nice NFC East divisional game. The Giants coming off their first win of the season. A nice big win down in Orleans. They now go over to Dallas to face the Dallas Cowboys, who are on a roll. 
Dallas Cowboys look good. I mean, I'm not quite ready to put them as the best team in football, but they look real, real close. The The defense looks solid. Like I said earlier, they got good pieces there between Michael Parsons, Leighton Vander Esch, Trey Diggs, who has, who has looked amazing through four games, and the offense is clicking. I mean, it's hard not to be clicking when you have Amari Cooper and uh, C.D. Lamb, Michael Gallup. Dak Prescott, Ezekiel Elliott, like weapons all over the board that often should be clicking at all times, and they're and they're they're killing it. I don't see the Giants putting up much of a fight, but if they play like they did on Sunday, like I said, Daniel Jones played out of his mind. Great, great game from him. If he can get that kind of game here, it could be it could be a shootout, and that'd be a ton of fun to watch. I don't necessarily think that's going to happen because, like I said, the Cowboys defense is very very good. I don't know if Daniel Jones will get much going. If if Saquon can play like like the Saquon that we all know and love, it could be a different story. If they can get the run game going, mix in with with how Daniel Jones played passing wise on Sunday, then then you know they they could definitely put up a fight. This would be a big win for them if they could get it done. This is a divisional matchup. Uh, they they could they can make some make some moves in that division. But Blake and I both chose. The Cowboys, it's hard to pick against the Cowboys right now the way they're playing. I mean, honestly, like I said, if they're not the best team in football, they're incredibly close. We both see a, a nice win coming for Dallas and, and the Giants 1-4. It's a terrible way to start. There's there's talent there. They just got to live up to it. And they got to get disciplined. They played well on Sunday, but one game out of four is not going to change my opinion on them for the most part. All right, let's go out to the desert in Arizona where the San Francisco 49ers are coming off a loss to the Seattle Seahawks. Having to turn over the reins to Trey Lance. And he's going to lead them into Arizona to face a very, very hot Cardinals team. This is the last undefeated team standing. 4-0. and Looking to make it 5-0. and uh, I don't see the Niners doing much against the Cardinals. The Cardinals' defense has looked solid. The Cardinals' offense has looked even better. If I had to pick a best team in football, it's this one. The Cowboys are close, but this is, this is in my opinion, the best team in football. Uh, being quarterbacked by the best quarterback in football right now, Kyler Murray, who looks like he's going to win an MVP at least a quarter of the way through the season. Still a long way to go, but that's how it looks right now. And and Blake agrees with me. He he also chose the Car- the Cardinals. I just I think the Cardinals are too good. The Niners need to need to get some wins to get back in in that in that division race. We're sitting two games behind the Cardinals right now. This would be a big one to get, but I don't see them I don't see them doing it. Uh, it's tough to fully evaluate this offense because we've only seen it under Trey Lance for half a game now and that was with an offensive game plan that was not suited to him I think that this week they're going to get some things worked out they're going to to plan around Trey Lance and around his specialties mixing some runs for him all of that mess and I think the Niners could put up some points with with that Trey Lance offense but ultimately, the Cardinals, they're just too good. They're the best team in football. They're 4-0 for a reason. They have a defense that's that's 
been phenomenal and an offense that's been even better. Like I said, so it, it'd be crazy to, to pick against the Cardinals and neither one of us is doing that. We're going with the undefeated team. They're going to stay undefeated. They're going to go 5-0. and And they'll have a nice three-game lead on the Niners, which is the... I mean, again, I know it's October, but when you're down three games, that's that's tough to come back from. Moving on to Sunday Night Football. This is going to be the game of the week. Bills at the Chiefs. Going into Arrowhead. Going into that hostile environment. And facing... The quarterback that just had a five-touchdown game, and I think the Bills stop him. I think the Bills' defense is looking like the best defense in football. They're coming off their second shutout of the season. That defense has only allowed 37 points through four games. 37 points through four games. That's just over nine points a game. Now, Grant, they faced the Steelers, Dolphins, Washington, and Texans. Not standout offenses. But still, if you can allow less, like, nine points a game, that's amazing. Your defense is incredible if you're doing that. And Buffalo's doing that. They're going up against the most dominant offense in football when they're when they're playing up to their potential, like they did this week against Philly. Patrick Mahomes... Tyreek Hill can go out and have a game against anybody, especially when you add in Travis Kelsey. And if Clyde Edwards-Alaire can can get things going on the ground, it's even more magical. But you're facing a defense that has allowed 37 points through four games this year. The Bills are going to go out and slow down Patrick Mahomes and company. It's going to happen. The question is, can Mahomes put up enough points to ultimately get the win. And I don't think it's going to happen. I think Buffalo is going to get the win. I think Buffalo is going to make a statement that this this game that we're the best team in the AFC. We're going to get the number one seed come January. All of y'all are going to be chasing us all season. I have the Bills. Blake has has the Bills. We both believe in the Buffalo in the Buffalo defense. We both think that offense with Josh Allen and uh, Emmanuel Sanders and Cole Beasley and Stefan Diggs, that those guys like this is an offense that can put up points right there right there with Kansas City. And their defense is far superior to Kansas City's. It's gonna be a good game. It's gonna be a fun game to watch on Sunday night. And we both ultimately think that Buffalo's getting the dub. Buffalo's Buffalo's making a statement this this week. Which brings us to the last game of week five. Monday night football this game should be better than it probably will be, but who knows? Maybe we'll get a good one. Indianapolis Colts traveling out to Baltimore to face Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens. Baltimore currently sit as seven-point favorites. That's that's probably accurate, honestly. I think the Indies' defense is really good, and if Blake was here, he would have all kinds of stats and Things to say about them also because he loves Indianapolis's defense. But stopping Lamar Jackson is a that's, a... that's a different beast. That man is an incredible football player. And as I've said before, I would not want to be a defensive coordinator having to face him. I don't know how you stop him. I don't know how you slow him down. Just when you think that you've eliminated his rushing attack, like what happened on Sunday... 
held to less than 50 yards uh, on the ground, he'll go out and throw for 300 yards. When you think you've eliminated his passing game, held him for 200 yards or less passing, he'll go out and run for 150. I mean, the man can do it all. So you've got to figure out a way to stop both. And I just, I don't know how you do it. I don't know how you do it. I think if there's a defense that can figure it out, the Colts defense probably can. They're really solid. But I just, I don't see this game being particularly close. It could be fun. I just don't see the Colts putting up enough points to to stay in it. Um, Still have a lot of questions about Carson Wentz. Still have a lot of questions about that offense in general. I think Blake's with me. Uh, We both chose the Ravens. We were in agreement on almost every game this week. There was only two games that we differed on. But yeah, I think think the Ravens get the win. I think they close out week five with a nice dub for Baltimore. All right, well, that's it for this week. Thank you for hanging with me while I rode solo this week. Definitely, gotta say, I'm definitely not a fan of doing doing it solo. I like having Blake here to bounce off of. I think that me and him work well together. But, you know, like I say, he's on vacation with his wife. Hope he's enjoying it. Because I'm never letting him go on vacation with his wife ever again. At least not during football season. It's not going to happen. Sorry, Maddie. I love you. You're my sister. But it's not happening. I need the man here. He's my other half. But thanks for sticking out with me this week. We'll be back to normal next week for sure. Make sure you follow us on Twitch at Booth Review Pod. Every Tuesday we stream the podcast live. Uh, and every Thursday, at least when both of us are here, we uh, we stream during Thursday Night Football, talk about the game, all that also. Yeah, so thanks for listening. Thanks for following. And we'll be back next week. Same time, same place. That's that.